cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus il tocco di Esciarawi cerca il colpo di tacco attenzione Nainggolan riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez avanza Samir davanti a lui ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio il tocco è arretrato è per Strottman lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan tira go 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 Hello everyone, welcome to the Roma Press Podcast. Uh, it's been a very long time since we've done one of these, uh, but first I want to thank everyone who has been supporting us throughout the season, throughout the summer. I just want you to know that we really, really appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to try and do this on a weekly basis, perhaps even multiple episodes per week. Um, the format of the podcast is going to be very straightforward. We're going to be discussing any current news going on at the club, any other rumblings that we've heard, any sort of exclusive interviews that we've done. Um, we'll discuss those as well. And essentially, we're not going to be doing this on the inconsistent basis that we had originally. Um, you know, I think this is our first podcast in two, maybe three years. So, i want to apologize for such a long gap in between, you know, giving these episodes and not, you know, really providing much of an explanation. But everyone understands how that goes. Life gets in the way. Um, so I just want you to know that we are committed to this. We are going to be doing this more consistently. Um, and I will be doing this along with the production and content manager of Roma Press, James Gooderson. James, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, John. It's, um, it's lovely to be back in the podcast mode for Roma Press, I think. Um, I think we should just get right into it. Um, the most important news, and perhaps this, uh, the saga of the summer, has been Roma's pursuit of Riyad Mahrez. We've had various reports from the English media, from the Italian media, regarding the price, and, you know, will he, won't he, is he interested, is he not? What have you heard? What's the latest on this? Do you reckon Roma can get it done? So obviously, uh, new sporting director Monchi has made it aware that priority for Roma right now is the right wing position. Um, he's made it no secret at all that the number one target is indeed Mara. So let's sort of get into the background a little bit of this. So obviously in June, we have uh, Roma sell Mohamed Salah to Liverpool, um, and obviously the reasoning for that was financial fair play obligations. So we have that happen in June. And then in July, we obviously had the sales of Rudiger and Padades um, take place. So at that point, we have Roma sitting on a fairly, uh, fairly heavy transfer um, sort of stockpile, so to speak. Um, and we can go down the list of names who they brought in. So, you know, Karsdor, Kolorov, uh, Under, uh, Gonalons, De Frel, Pellegrini, Moreno. Um, they've brought in a lot of names. Now, obviously, there's still some holes because none of those names are direct replacements for Salah. So with that in mind, we've seen some of the names that have been thrown out, you know, throughout the summer. Um, and now it seems like Roma have honed in on Mada. Now, Monchi has said that, you know, you know, Mares is not the only one that they're following. They are following multiple names, some of which have not been made public. So what we know now is that Mares seems to be the number one target. 
Now, are Roma focusing on other um, other objectives? Absolutely. Now, from what I have been told, and this was as of two days ago, I tweeted it out. I was told that there is still quite a bit of distance regarding price between Leicester and between Roma. Now, how big are we talking? Um, could the bridge be gapped? Absolutely. Um, you know, with any transfer, you know, um, these things are very fluid. They change by the hour. They can change by the minute. So I, I do ultimately think that this is going to drag out for another week or two. Um, I do not see a, a quick resolution happening. I do not see that happening. Um, really, this is something that Roma really are going to have to play out. They're going to have to feel this out. The problem is Leicester, um, they don't have to sell. They are not in a position where they are under financial fair play scrutiny. Um, and they've even stated as such that they will only allow the player to leave for the right offer. As of now, and this is what I've been told, um, again, I, I've tweeted this out, I've made it no secret, uh, Roma, uh, the magic number from what we've heard from the Italian media, it's a little different from the English media, uh, the Italian media is saying that the, uh, we'll call it the magic number, so to speak, um, to get Mares away from the English club is 40 million euros. I have been told Roma have not paid that, or I'm sorry, Roma have not offered that. Um, we're roughly five to seven million away from that. I'm being told anywhere from 30 to 35 million, which is no different than what, you know, any other paper has been reporting. So, that's where we stand as of now. It's not a huge gap between asking price and offer. Um, do I ultimately think they may reach a compromise? Absolutely. Uh, because I, I always say this, uh, when it comes to football, the player's will always wins out. If a player wants to leave, he's set on leaving, he is going to leave. Roma already have an agreement in place on a contract with Maris. It's already been agreed to. This happened almost two weeks ago. So now we're at the point, perhaps we see uh, the agents of Mares press uh, Leicester a little bit, and we may see a little bit of uh, breaking of the dam on their part, so to speak, to where they are open to lowering their demands, which I think Roma are looking for. They, they want Leicester to at least give a little wiggle room, which they have yet to show. So that's where we stand as of now. Um, the news came out yesterday that uh, Roma are also looking at Lucas Vasquez of Real Madrid. However, um, the news within the hour just came from Spain that it doesn't appear that uh, Madrid appear willing to allow the player to leave, which when the news came out that he was a reported name, I, I, you know, initially I was skeptical. I do not think that he will ultimately arrive. I, I think... I think one name that is going to be intriguing that we're going to have to watch is Berardi. I think he, if if Roma cannot get Mares, then I think Berardi is the most logical choice. He's he's left-footed. He plays the right wing. Um, he has a strong history with Di Francesco. Um, so I think that's the biggest name to watch if we're not thinking of Mares for the right wing. Um, so that's where we stand as of now. Um, James, what else do we have? Well, I was going to say just on the on Mares. Um, from from my perspective, being British, watching um, 
the Premier League every uh, every week. Seeing Mares move to Roma is, or or potentially move to Roma, is quite intriguing. I think Mares, obviously, in his first season with with Leicester, set the league alight. One, um, you know, Player of the Year, I think it was, and you know was was almost unplayable on his day last season uh, i think he really blew hot and cold throughout um throughout leicester's sort of year which was you know f- full of up and downs the champions league run which they were all incredibly um proud of but uh, the the you know the the slump in the in the league themselves uh, wasn't wasn't particularly great mares wasn't as consistent as he was uh, the year before but was a really good player and i think going to roma would be a really good career move for him i almost see echoes in in terms of uh, salah's move from chelsea to to um, roma you know obviously salah didn't have anything like uh, the the form and and the seasons that uh, that Mares had uh, and was there for a lot shorter amount of time, but I, I can almost see just sort of I think the Italian league has a brilliant um, brilliant sort of trait of reigniting players' careers who have slightly faltered in uh, in other leagues, and I can definitely see that happening with Mares and definitely the. Uh, the best replacement for Salah. In terms of other things, um, we're just talking about Mares, who is a you know a potential buy. Perhaps we should talk about uh, a player that has already signed, Hector sure. Moreno, of course, from PSV. Um, obviously, he he joined earlier in the summer. He he plays um, in defence. You know, what are your thoughts on on him, John? Do you reckon he can make a big impact to Roma? So I, I like the purchase um, of uh, Moreno because it was for a very low fee. Um, my, my only worry is we haven't seen uh, Roma bring in another central defender um, this summer. So I, I would feel much more comfortable with him as a third choice or uh, sort of the third in line uh, behind Manolas and another name that they bring in uh, I mean they've been linked with several names throughout the summer I, I like him as a player uh, versatile left footed um, a bit like Kolarov in the sense that he can play on the left on uh, the left back position um, slots in more comfortably as a left central defender uh, you know I, as a player uh, just on the face of it I, I like the move however you know if he's if he was brought in to be a, a first-choice defender, that makes me a little bit weary, a little bit uncomfortable. I would much prefer uh, he and Fazio uh, be second-choice defenders uh, behind whoever Roma bring in um, uh, throughout the summer. Um, I mean, we have roughly a month left for the window. I, I do ultimately think that Roma will bring in another central defender, but... If you're asking Moreno to, to play, you know, against the smaller clubs in the league uh, while we rest the uh, the first choice defenders um, after Champions League matches, uh, I'm absolutely for that. I, I think he's more than capable of handling that load. So uh, I, I do I do like that move. Let's talk about financial fair play restrictions. Um, what will life after the restrictions have been lifted look like for Roma within the transfer market? So that's a tricky one. Um, 
the best comparison I can make, and I, I tweeted this out as well, um, I, I said that I think the club that you can look at Roma, who they could uh, seemingly operate like, once they are out of the financial fair play spectrum, uh, is really Arsenal. I mean, we hear all the time that uh, Roma are the Italian Arsenal, which, fair or unfair, we, we, we see that comparison quite a lot. Roma are not going to be able to do much until their stadium opens. Now, obviously, that's a few years away. Um, they will be out of the financial fair play uh, next summer. So they're going to have a little more leeway. However, uh, you know, just looking at the books, um, you know, we saw a little bit of a controversy arise from this uh, early, or uh, I'm sorry, mid, uh, in the middle of last week when uh, James Palota, uh, the president of Roma, commented on, on Milan and their operating procedures and their finances. Uh, Milan were right in the sense that Roma still do have quite a bit of debt. Um they do have a lot that they have to resolve. They have to get some of it paid off. Um, so even though they won't be under the financial fair play spectrum next summer, uh, I, I don't see them deviating much in the way they operate. Um, they're still going to be balancing the books. Uh, you know, whether or not fans like to hear that, that's going to be their, their main priority is balancing the books. So you know, next summer, as I said, they're not going to be under financial fair play. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate much of a deviation in the way they operate, just because. I mean, let's face it, they they can't afford to. Um, I mean, just browsing their books, uh, match day revenue is not great. Uh, commercial revenue is not good. Obviously, we know Roma uh, haven't had a shirt sponsor in years. Um, so there's, you know, financially, they do have some holes that they have to uh, take care of first before we even think of, you know, spending a ton of money on X players. So it will be a little different when they're out of the, the you know, the reins of financial fair play. But I, I don't anticipate much of a deviation next summer from this summer and the previous summer. Let's talk a bit about Florenzi. Obviously, he's spent a huge amount of time out with uh, the ACL injury he's picked up. Where does he fit into Roma's plans this year? If he comes back and manages to sort of get his way back to some sort of form that he showed before the injury, does he play back in the defence like he did, you know, for, for, for a couple of months um, before the injury? Does he go back into midfield? Where do you see him fitting in? So that's a great question. So there's a um, uh, there's sort of a, a nickname in Italian for a player like Florenzi. It's called a jolly. Um, uh, basically, a guy who can play anywhere throughout the pitch um, at, at any point. So I think that's going to be his role. Um, he's going to be able to play in attack, midfield, and at right back. Now, one thing I, I think his role really depends on is the form of uh, Bruno Perez. If he is as poor as he was last season, then I can absolutely see Florenzi being asked to be more of a right back along with Karsdorp, uh, who they brought in this summer and who also is coincidentally recovering from knee surgery. Um, so I think that's the big, big uh, sort of question mark that I think is directly connected to where Florenzi plays on the pitch. Um, me personally, I would prefer to see him in central midfield. Um, 
just because I, I, I think some of his strongest performances since he's been in the first team, I think we're going on five, almost six seasons now, uh, seemingly have come when he has played in the central midfield. So that's where I prefer to see him play. Um, but again, I think he's going to slot in wherever Roma need him most. Uh, so whether that's an attack, in the midfield, in defense, I, I think it'll vary from week to week, match to match, as to where he, he fits in. And Roma obviously guaranteed uh, a place in the Champions League group stage this season. Di Francesco, how's he going to adapt to it? So this is going to be something new for him. Um, we saw him play uh, with Sassuolo in the Europa League. Uh, they did not do that well. Um, now, granted, their their depth was certainly tested. Uh, Roma certainly have more depth than Sassuolo did. They have stronger players than Sassuolo did. So one thing that does uh, worry me a bit is Di Francesco's ability to use that depth in the correct manner. Um, you know, uh, you could point to various reasons as to why Roma haven't won the Scudetto over the last few seasons, but I would say depth and lack thereof is one of the reasons. Um, Di Francesco has to balance this squad properly. He has to be able to use the second-choice players correctly. Uh, we've seen Roma this summer, uh, I mean, primarily... You know, aside from maybe one or two names, um, there have not been many that have been added to the club in in a first choice manner. I, I mean, most of the names that have been brought in this summer have been as uh, uh, second choice players. I mean, if you just go down the list, Karsdorp, he may be uh, first choice right back when he returns. Kolarov was brought in uh, due to the Emer- you know the injury of Emerson. Um, when Emerson returns, I, I anticipate Kolarov uh, being second choice. Perhaps he could start in central defense. Uh, Gonalons, Defrel, Pellegrini, Moreno. Uh, those are all names, in my opinion, that are second choice players. So uh, Di Francesco is going to have to use the correct balance between, you know, the Champions League, the Copa Italia, and the league. So I think... You know, after having seen maybe some of the mistakes that he made uh, last season with Sassuolo, that he would have learned something. Um, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he'll be able to handle it well. Um, he has quite a few veterans on the team that you know will you know will be able to provide him with the input necessary for him to make smart choices. So I, I think he'll be okay in that regard. Last question: um, Any more youngsters coming in this window for Roma? Well, today um, we saw Monchi closing in on a young Danish winger, um, which, you know, he, it's going to be on a free transfer. So whether or not he ultimately makes an impact, uh, you know, I certainly have my doubts. Now, Roma no longer have any non, uh, non-EU positions left. So any player that they bring in has to be, you know, has to have a European passport or he has to be already part of a team in Syria or Italy, um, which obviously limits the names that, you know, Monchi and Roma are going to be linked to. I certainly think he'll bring in, aside from this Danish winger, um, I do think he'll bring in another uh, youngster that Roma can sort of punt on. Um, 
maybe throw him in the primavera uh, or use him as, uh, you know, a second or third choice player for the first team. I do see him doing that. Um, but as far as any big names, uh, you know, like uh, Genghis Unda, I don't see that happening. Um just because it seems like their window is sort of uh, close to being wrapped up. You know, we might see, obviously, Mares, a right winger, come in, and then maybe a central defender. Beyond that, I don't anticipate uh, Monchi doing that much. So, obviously, with Monchi, you can't rule anything out. But in my opinion, I, I do not anticipate him uh, bringing in, you know, any high-profile youngsters. We're now joined by Emre Saragul, who's a journalist for TurkishFootball.com. You can find him on Twitter at Turkish underscore football. That's with a U and an O. Football one, effectively. Uh, We'll make sure to put that in the podcast description as well. Welcome, Emre. You've come to talk to us about Under, which is um, a new signing for Roma, of course. Um, John, take the lead. Absolutely. So, Emery, um, just a little bit of background on this. So, Roma fans did not know much about the player, obviously. Um, however, the most expensive fee uh, for the Turkish league in a sale. Uh, you know, what was your initial reaction of the player joining Roma and not, you know, Manchester City, uh, who also seemed interested in the player? Um well, to be honest, it all came as a surprise because Manchester City, they had already, um, they were locked in talks the week before and it looked like the deal was on the table. And the reason why I say it was a big surprise is because Manchester City pulled off a similar move with a play, player called Enes Unal, um in 2015. And Enes and Genghis shared the same agent. Who yes also represents Sadi Uchan, who, as uh, most Roma fans will know, his transfer didn't quite work out the plan um, when he joined on loan from Fenerbahce. So, um, at first, I was a bit sceptical that they would go for Roma, but then again, that's the drawing power of Monchi. He managed to convince them and the offer was simply too good to refuse and it went ahead um, very fast, actually. But when the offer was made and when the deal went through, it went through um, pretty smoothly. No hitches or anything. Yeah, and that was the um, that was the sense I got as well. Um, I know you know him as well, but I you know I I know uh, Undad's agent pretty well, uh, Omer. Uh, you know I, I knew him yeah. from when Yuchan arrived. Um, now, you know, a lot of people, like I said, they um, they weren't too familiar with the player. Now, in your opinion, uh, what were your thoughts on the fee? And could you give us a little background on, of the player, some strengths, weaknesses, um, areas where you think he may be able to thrive in Italy? Well, to be honest, the fee came as a surprise because um, generally Turkish players well, Turkish international players don't leave for those kind of fees from from the Turkish league anyway. You've got some sure. high-profile players in the Bundesliga and La Liga and so forth. But as far as the Turkish league is concerned, that came as a surprise. But if you um, delve into a bit deeper, I think 
it may seem like a high price, but I think Roma got a great deal on this because he comes from, obviously, he had a great season at Bosch here, but um, I think it's best to go back to when he was at Altonordo, who are, in my opinion, a club who could completely transform the face of Turkish football. Um, he joined them age 10, and just to give you a bit of background on this club, their focus, their main goal is... Um, on youth development, which has been a big problem in Turkey. Um, the major clubs just simply haven't focused on creating their own players. They've been happy to sign um, or, or pay basically over the odds for players who are over the hill. And Altonorda are trying something different, developing their own academy. They've ploughed in a lot of money to this project. They have acres and acres of land in the Izmir area. And Cengiz is one of several of the first batch of um, players to come through the system. Um, last season, you had Charlotte Soyonjo, who went to Freiburg, and he's been um, pretty impressive in the Bundesliga. And so the, the next player to come out of the um, system was Cengiz Inder, who had an incredible season at Başak Şehir. Um, he was a star player for a team who really should have been in a relegation battle. But they finished as runners-up, with him scoring nine goals and providing seven assists. So, um, I mean, he's a huge talent. He's already broken into the Turkish national team. And I think Roma um, fans have got themselves a real talent. And I know a lot of fans will be, you know, obviously happy to hear that. Um, now, I'm sure you you were able to like, catch some of the words of uh, Roma midfielder, uh, midfielder Maxime Gonalons. Uh, he was asked about Under, and um, one of the things he said was he's a great player. Um, perhaps, though, he needs to get a little bigger, gain some muscle. Um is that going to be an issue with him? Uh, I mean, I know in the two friendlies we've seen, uh, obviously very quick. Uh, he's good with the ball at his feet. Um, very strong dribbler, especially in traffic when there's defenders around. Um, do you think his size could be a problem? Um, and do you think there are other parts of his game that you think he needs to develop uh, to become a stronger player? Well, I think you hit the nail on his on his head. I think the main area of his um, the main area of his game he needs to develop is his um, the phys his physical his um, the physical side. He needs to get stronger. Um, he is pretty agile. He's very fast, as you mentioned. But I think against um, tougher defenders who are more physical, he he is going to have to get stronger. And he is fully aware of that. I think he he's very good technically. He's very good with his feet. He's got a knife for goal, um, as you saw in his debut when he he came off the bench and he was mm -hmm. in the right place at the right time right. to find the back of the net. Um, but what I would say his biggest strength is is his intelligence, and that's just not on the field. Um, it's also off the field. He's he's a player who's he's all about the football. I mean. I know that's pretty obvious to say as a footballer, but you see a lot of players these days more focused on, let's say, um, their social media following or um, going out and, I mean, the glitz and glam side of the game. Whereas with Jengis, he's more about 
the actual football. He loves training. He just actually he loves the game. So he will train very hard. Um, that you can be sure of. And whatever his coaches ask from him, he'll have no problem um, at least trying to pull it off on the training field. So um, I think that's what is really going for him. He is a clever player and he'll work out what's needed from him, from his coaches and those who are advising him. So, um, yeah, I've, I think they, they're some of the main points. Excellent. Now, um, sort of what you said takes uh, takes place in my next question, just to travel uh, back in time a little bit to Yuchan. Um, just to give everyone a little bit of background, uh, I was surprised that um, the agent of Under uh, brought uh, brought um, brought the player to Roma because Roma were very disappointed with the way uh, you know the the situation of Yuchan worked out. Um, I know Umer, uh, Omer, the agent, wasn't too happy with uh, perhaps the way some things were handled um, with Sadi Yuchan. Why do you think uh, things with him did not work out so well at Roma? Um, I mean, you and I talked about this privately, but you did mention, um, you know, as opposed to Under, who's very focused on the field, um, very professional, um, maybe Yuchan was lacking in that regard. Is that is that what you think? Yeah, exactly. Um, and another thing about Yuchan is that um, he... He'd already been spoiled to an extent. The problem with young players joining the major Turkish clubs, so the big three, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, is it, they, they create a bubble for these young players. They're, they're paid millions. They've got 24-hour coverage. They're tra- treated like, um, like um, I mean, demigods. It's, it's, it's unreal the way they're treated. So it gets to their head and then, they get spoiled and they get carried away with him before you know it. There's no incentive to train or develop anymore. If you're told every sure. day you're the greatest thing, you're the greatest player since um, they were calling him um, the next Adan at one point in the Turkish media. So it gets to their head. And I think that's what Cengiz has going for him. He, he, um, he was at Boşakşehir, here, which is a low profile team compared to the major Istanbul clubs. And he was never spoiled or he was never told he's the greatest player of all time and um, or his head wasn't filled with um, these dreams. He worked for everything he has, he worked for. Whereas in the case of Ochan, uh, when you're at a club like Fenerbahce, you have the media behind you and great PR. So in a sense, sure. your you, um, actual ability is, is slightly overrated whereas with Cengiz is completely the opposite I think he's underrated and that's not just a pun on his name but um, <laughs> he 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 doesn't have the same uh, media back and the same PR so everything he's had as I said he, he had to work for um, when he was at Altunordu age 17 he broke into the first team no one expe- expected him to do that um, when he moved to Başakşehir here last year um, he wasn't expected to be a first-team player. Um, before you know it, he was he was a star player at that team. For the Turkish national team, it's the same. He he was given his first start. He scored a goal. He was given a start again. He scored against Kosovo. 
Um, he's got a, a real habit of taking his opportunities when they're given to him, which is why I think if Roma do give him the chance, I don't think he's going to let the coach down. Excellent. So that, that leads me into my final question for you. So uh, just a small prediction on Genghis. Um, what do you expect from him? Um, are you expecting a big season? Are you expecting more of a developmental season where he learns the ways of sort of a different European league? Um, I guess what are, what are your hopes and what do you think will happen for him this season? I think he's going to have to develop a bit first. He's going to have to get used to the Serie A. Um, I think most importantly, he has to learn Italian um, and um, have a good command of English to communicate with his teammates and the coaches. But um, I'm optimistic because, as I said, he, he's always been underrated and then he's always uh, overachieved. Not overachieved, but he's um, exceeded expectations exceeded mm -hmm. his expectations so uh, I think he will be given a chance at some stage in the season and I don't think he's going to let the coach down and he's going to win over a lot of fans with his attitude and his um, desire to um, succeed with Roma Emery thank you so much again you can find Emery at at Turkish underscore football one he also writes for the Guardian he's all over the place anything Turkish football this is absolutely the man to follow. Emery, thank you so much for the time. I know we all appreciate it. Thank you thank so you. much. Good luck to Roma next season. Absolutely. That's the end of this week's Roma Press podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter if you don't already. In the meantime, see you next week.